Welcome to the Coaching Through Chaos podcast, helping you conquer the chaos in your life. Your host is licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Colleen Mullen. Dr. Colleen has been doing what she does for almost two decades. She's a private practice owner, a chaostician, and her work or writing has been featured on countless websites. Listen in as she brings you experts in the psychology of life. They may be New York Times bestsellers, key players in their profession, or people who have overcome tremendous obstacles in life and are here to share their story to help you live your best life. Let's get to it. Stay tuned for our next Chaos Crushing guest. Here is your host, Dr. Colleen Mullen. Hi, it's Dr. Colleen here, and I want to thank you for joining me today on the podcast. And I feel like I've got a treat for you today. My guest is a DJ, professor, a Twitch guide, and show host. He's Amani Roberts, or DJ Amro, of the Amani Experience. He's literally a DJ and a business professor, and he's taken his knowledge of running his entertainment business and put it into his book, DJs Mean Business, One Night Behind the Turntables Can Spin Your Company's Success. His energy is just great, and in this interview, we connected over how to run a business, and he's got some real-life experience in marketing and branding not only his business, but himself. We also had a chat about Twitch, which I don't really know much about, but I have stalked him a little bit since we did this interview a few weeks ago, and I can say that he seems to really be on there. He's kind of like an ambassador. He's helping people learn how to do it, then he's hosting shows on there, and it seems to be a lot of fun. Of course, he's also hosting DJ sets on there. You know, he's teaching people how to pivot when things need to shift, All we've been doing lately is learning how to stay in the game, you know, when the game is seemingly shut down. I don't know, but I really enjoyed this conversation with Imani, and I hope that you do too. So here we go. Hey, it's Dr. Colleen here with a quick break to let you know what I've got going on over at patreon.com slash coaching through chaos podcast. That's the site where you can get some exclusive items just for supporting the show with a small contribution each month. I've got four levels to pick from, but the best value will be tier two, the Chaos Crushers tier. For signing up to be a Chaos Crusher at just $9 a month, the big thing you're going to get is three new self-help recordings each month done exclusively for my Patreon subscribers. You will also get a Chaos Crushing ebook and a shout out on the show for your support. Now, if you're in a position to support just a little bit more, there are ways to get even a 20-minute coaching call with me every month. Go over and check it out at patreon.com slash coaching through chaos podcast. And if you wish you could support the show, but it's just not in your budget to give a few dollars, that is perfectly okay. I am just glad that you're here with me on this podcasting journey. So let's get back into the show. Thanks, Imani, for being with me here on the Coaching Through Chaos podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah, I love when people have a passion for what they do and they take the lessons they learn and find ways to help people do it uh, in a way that works for them and their passion. So that's what you've done with your knowledge about the DJ business. And I want to start with how that passion came to be because I know you tell a story about how some night back in college at Howard University, watching Biz Marquee, you know, sparked you to become a DJ. Like, what did you see that night? And what do you still love about being a DJ now? Yes, yes. That's that's a very important night that I 
experience, I think what I saw that night is a specific segment of his set where he played all TV theme show songs back to back to back to back. And what happened is that as he started playing it, people were singing along. He cut to the next one and the next one. He did it for like a good 30 minutes. And we were thinking about all these TV theme show songs mm-hmm. and just bringing back memories. And it was it was so much fun. And so that was when I was like, ah, I want to do what he does. And then, you know, just continue along this process. It took me a long time to get the courage to go for it because I had an incorrect feeling that DJing wasn't a legitimate career. I was wrong. (laughs) But once I had the courage, I first learned by teaching myself. And then I got into Scratch Academy, which is like a school for DJs. And from there, it kind of took off from there. So you went and had to find the confidence to go after what you wanted. And then you got the training because there's also, I think a lot of people want to just jump in and you got trained and now you even teach people, well, you've been doing this for a long time. You teach people to do DJing, but you also have had a, uh, I think a pretty good stint at um, Cal State Fullerton teaching business money management and how did that come to be? How does that fit in with your uh, the work that you do as a DJ? How does teaching about business money management fit with that? And why is teaching so important to you? How this came to be is that I a volunteer with an association called Meaning Professionals International. I'm on the board of the Southern California chapter. Part of my responsibility in past years was I was vice president of membership and we would go around to recruit student members. So we went to like Cal State Long Beach, Fullerton, Poly Pomona, Northridge. I got to know the people at Fullerton and they had a teaching position come up suddenly. My experience is I grew up working for Marriott Hotel. So I have the hospitality background. The class that I teach, we talk about the venues, how they earn money. So it could be a hotel, restaurant, casino, amusement park. We also talk about the music industry, how musicians, producers earn revenue, movie studios and streaming services. So a lot of the experience that I had in the past and what I currently do fit really well with the class. So they're like, you know, your experience works very well. How do you think about maybe coming an adjunct, adjunct professor for a semester? I did it. I did pretty well. It's very challenging. It is not easy being a professor or teacher, but I was able to, you know, find my way. They liked what I did. I got some good survey scores. So they said, come back again another semester. Now I've been there two and a half years. I'm also the co-director for the Center for Hospitality and Entertainment Hospitality management. So what I think is that the combination of my previous experience with Marriott, my current career in terms of um, DJing, and then just the skill that I've developed over time in terms of of teaching people on an individual and group basis allowed me to thrive while I've been at Cal State Fullerton. And it's it's been an amazing journey. And I relate and have had those experiences of teaching at the local college level and and it can be really rewarding. Like, what do you take away from from teaching? Why why do you stick with that? I wish I could remember the specific quote, but I, it goes something like, you know, the teacher is always the student and something like that. And so I just as much as I teach the students who are pretty much between 20 to 27, 30 years old, a good 10-year range, I learn as much from them as they learn from me. I learn from them in terms of how they like to learn in this current environment. I learn musical trends that they're following. I learn what social media platforms that they are looking forward to using and they use. And then music-wise, they keep me hip on the music that they like. And then, you know, I teach them about the foundations, how hotels determine how you get revenue, how musicians can earn revenue. Because what I found is that 
specifically in the music industry, we have a lot of these independent artists because now we're kind of entering into this age where independent DIY in terms of musicians is becoming more and more popular and they're becoming more successful, but where they're missing, some of the skill sets they're missing is just the education, how to get their proper royalties, how to maybe go out and try to get sync placements, how to calculate mechanical royalties, all these things that they're missing. And that's what I really love is I want to be the person that can show these independent musicians Maybe this is why you should sign with a label. Maybe you should do it independently. And here are the reasons why that are facts, not really opinion-based, and just allow them to make decisions on their own. And so that's kind of why I continue to love teaching because there's so many things that people need to learn that I can be of service to. And entertainment hospitality, like that's, I'm not even sure that was around, you know, 20 <laughs> years ago. Cause I, I initially, first career, it's funny, was I, I had little flashbacks and reading some parts of your books. My first stint in college was in hospitality. I wanted to run a hotel and, uh, Me too. um, yeah, <laughs> totally. And we both went off in different directions. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> uh, but I dropped out specifically because of the class pretty much that you teach. And, oh. uh, I don't, I, I always say I'm a, I'm a therapist. I do emotions, not numbers. But in doing that, like in the in what you're doing now, you're in a, uh, a, a section of classes that maybe didn't even exist 20 years ago for persons getting into the entertainment industry. And of course, it's changed so much, as you were saying, everybody's so independent and people need to still learn how to work a deal and stuff. So, so it's really important for people to even understand like what's even out there for them. And, and it, and, and it all, I love that it all kind of comes back to, it helps you as much as it helps them. You're learning as much as you can from them as well um, to kind of stay current in what you're doing professionally. I want to move to, you have a time period in your life where you moved to Chicago. And at that time, you, again, this is one of these things where you took from the DJing uh, experience and applied it to how to teach others about running their business. And you talk about in the book about how merging different styles of music allowed you to bring different demographics of people together. Can you tell a little bit about that experience and how, what that means for someone who maybe is like not in the DJ business, but, you know, needs to know the importance of kind of going outside of what they think the formula is. So I learned that at that hotel because we have a very, we had a very diverse uh, staff. So we had like people who were African-American, Caucasians, we had Latin Americans, people who were from the Caribbean, people who were from Brazil, all over the world. And musically speaking, we all like our different styles of music, whether it be pop, whether it be hip hop, whether it be salsa, merengue, ballet funk. So in the lunchroom, we would play all different types of music because everyone wanted to hear what they love, but we would learn from each other. Like I didn't know anything about Latin music then, but I learned there because we played it. They might not have known a lot about hip hop, but I played that. You know, we might not have learned about pop. You know, this is back when Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC was rising to prominence. It was really uh -huh. popular. Just different genres of music. Then when you go over to the business side, well, we'll go over to teaching first. Teaching. Yeah. People learn very differently. You have auditory listeners, learners who learn by listening to things. You have visual learners. You have people who learn by reading things. You have people who learn by a combination of all three. So you have to be able to teach in three different ways to meet the needs of your students. In business, you have clients that come from different places. They could come from word of mouth. They could come from social media. They could come from your email newsletter. They could come from, you know, what you have traditional advertising in magazines or, you know, newspapers. So I think that just the combination of being flexible enough to 
in my world, play different genres of music in the business world, being able to find different customers within different segments of the business, Mm -hmm. which is very valuable. And so that's kind of how I would speak to that question. You know, and then in that to even get people that will find you and everything, you've got to brand yourself well. And lately, I know I've been doing a lot of watching how people brand themselves, how, because everybody's out on social media now, whether it's the podcast or their own business or they, they are the product. Um, you know, I look to see how they brand things. I've even done some rebranding of some of my things lately. And I know that you, um, you talk a lot about branding, uh, in the book. And can we start with, um, talking about how brand, how you decided to brand yourself and what model you were following and what should someone understand about, uh, creating a brand that not only identifies the right product, but can last. One of the earliest lessons I learned about branding is just working for Marriott. Um, One thing about Marriott is you could go to a Marriott hotel in Denver, Colorado, Miami, Florida, New York City, Los Angeles. They're all pretty much going to look the same. Mm -hmm. They might have different flavors of the exterior, but the bed, the rooms are pretty much going to look the same. And that's consistency. And I feel that consistency, both in how you present yourself visually and maybe how you present yourself written. I think consistency is very important in branding. You know, you should be able to look at someone and understand what they're saying by looking at what they're presenting, how they present it. So for me, I really focus on like corporate events, you know, maybe some social, but you'll always see me pretty much every event, like my little avatar with like a bow tie on, Uh a nice kind of tailored suit. Like that's my brand. If I'm in a club or a bar, you might see me in a t-shirt that expresses myself. That's kind of my brand. Even on the podcast, you know, you'll see me, my little avatar has got a bow tie on and it's always about the Imani experience and that. And now it's kind of evolved. I'm a professor. I do a lot of work on Twitch. They kind of refer to me as the professor on Twitch because I love to teach people about using Twitch. But it's just more (laughs) about like education. My goal is whenever you experience an event that I'm either DJing, a podcast that I'm producing, or a class that I'm teaching, you always learn something. Whether it be you hear a new song you didn't know about, whether or not you learn a fact from someone interviewing on the podcast, or, you know, I teach you things in class that you might not have thought about. So it's kind of, my brand is kind of this corporate guy with like this bow tie on, real kind of formal, but then you go to another place, he's got a t-shirt on, but he's always kind of teaching. And so that's kind of what has evolved, my brand has evolved into. And that sounds like you really like found the formula that works for you. And I'm wondering though, did you trip over yourself along the way? I mean, <laughs> you know, cause I, I realized like, I'm like, oh, I, I'm going to go through these, this interview. And I'm like, well, I haven't asked you about any of the, the stumbling points for you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'd love to hear that was your first incarnation, the one that, that stuck with you, uh, professionally. No, no, definitely not. I think, uh, where I was back when I started DJing in, say, 2007 to where I am now is completely different. I really, you know, I didn't really, I kind of was trying a bunch of different things for the first few years. I didn't really get to this kind of brand, I'm thinking, until like mid-2015. And then it kind of stuck and made sense and then it kept building on it. So it's been like a good five years. The book kind of further cements that and just things, you know, the podcast really helped as well. I think the things that really stuck that helped me get going and really submit this brand was doing the podcast, which I've been doing now for almost 40 years. And then the book. And I think that has stuck. And now I'm just kind of continuing to build off it, but stumbling points before, you know, I used to maybe 
to DJ to certain genres of music that I didn't love. I used to maybe, I, you know, I, I had one podcast before that was focused on love songs and dedications, which was fine, but that that kind of stopped. I went to, to scratch school. So it's really just kind of, I've been searching for so long, searching, did this work? Do I love this? Did it resonate? And finally, I kind of found some things about five years ago that started to resonate and just took that and kind of ran with it. I can relate to that along the way with the different ways that, um, you know, you have to evolve and change over time. And I'm wondering with uh, the podcast now, uh, well, first of all, I want to say, I think it's so helpful for people to hear that, you know, how you kind of evolved yourself and things that you were trying just to kind of see where it was going to take hold for you. With your podcast now, um, can we talk a little bit about that? Do you want to tell everybody like what is what's the name of the podcast and and what can they expect from it? The name of the podcast is the Amani Experience Podcast. I interview people who used to work in the corporate space but have left to do something more creative. We have, I think, we just released yesterday episode one hundred fifty nine. It's been around for going on three and a half, almost four years. I've interviewed people from photographers, DJs chefs, mm. uh, film producers, psychics. I mean, all sorts of different people, spoken word poets, everything. And in every episode, we always learn what they learn, advice they give to their younger selves, advice they give to people in the um, creative community. And just, you know, just learn by listening to their story. I love it. It's, um, it's opened up a whole different world of opportunities for me that I would have not anticipated when I started it. Mm. But um, it's just probably my main marketing tool in addition to my email newsletter. It's really a great show for, um, you know, for my audience that maybe hadn't heard of it. It's really a good one. And I want to say um, on your branding, it's funny. Um, I, we met briefly in February at the podcast movement conference, yes. like two minutes. I think we're in an audience together. And um, but when I got your book, I was like, oh, I must have seen him around or I must already <laughs> follow you on Instagram because I totally recognized the suit jacket and the tie. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I know who this guy is. So your branding, your branding works, at least for Thank getting you. the image out there. <laughs> Thank you. That's funny. A podcast movement. I've spoken at that conference now three times, but I never would have spoken there before if I hadn't started the podcast. Well, yeah. I mean, and and that's why I was going to ask you to share because I know podcasting has brought so much to my life. I've been doing it for about this five years, but I had some breaks in there. And, and I have gotten speaking opportunities through podcast movement for some of the places where they go, right? But all the other things that podcasting brings to you, like you said, these opportunities, right? You're mixing with all new people that you otherwise wouldn't have probably ever talked to that you get to then have these conversations with on the podcast. And I'm sure that, that you relate on that end. Um, you want to share like some of the ways when you say like you've gotten some opportunities uh, through the podcast. Can you share uh, one or two stories? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, well, just first, you know, podcast movement. I think the first time I spoke there was for the, it was like the kind of like the game that they play where you have, you have five minutes to speak. You have 20 slides that turn every 15 seconds. And so you really have to challenge yourself to finish that. It's in front of an audience of like five or 600 people. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a big audience to speak in front of. That's yes. pretty legit there. That's legit there. <laughs> and so I did that. I think I talked about the seven ways a DJ set can change your life or something. And so that's been amazing because now I have a mini speaker reel. I can send to people. Mm-hmm. I spoke about a topic I love. So that's how it's changed. Also, I feel... As you can relate to, podcasting 
is like the new way of networking. Like you and I are having an intimate conversation right now between one to one networking. I'm never going to forget our conversation or meeting you and our conversation. And I think that it's a hidden gem. I always tell people, like you start a podcast, you interview someone, like you are getting one-on-one. It's like a one-on-one masterclass. I'm interviewing you. I'm getting a one-on-one masterclass with whatever expertise you have. Mm -hmm. And it's recorded so you can share with everyone else. So I think it's just an amazing way to network in the time that we're in now. And so those are like, you know, who would have thought that I would be able to sit down with a psychic and talk uh-huh. to her about her journey and then have her give me a live reading on show. <laughs> or I could speak to like, you know, a legendary DJ on my show and learn about his journey and how he has the same doubts that I have. So I shouldn't really stress out about it a lot. It's just amazing the lessons we learn and the masterclasses we attend on a however often do your podcast, monthly, bi-weekly basis. So those are just two stories that really I love to share about podcasting, how it's kind of helped me evolve as a person. And, and those are, those were fun ones. I'm going to actually, I'll find those episodes and uh, put links to them in the show notes. I definitely want to listen to the psychic one. I love that stuff. I met the psychic at podcast movement. Of course I met you her did. At podcast <laughs> movement and we talked, I said, you know, you have an interesting story. How do you feel about being on my show? We set it up. She came to LA where I was. We interviewed, I interviewed her and actually video recorded the interview. It's just, it's great. Yeah. I, I love the podcasting community, but I just, it's more like just, yes, like this the conversations, right? Because I can meet people here and there at the different conferences for two minutes at a time, but sitting down with somebody and really picking, picking apart what, what gets them going and, and what they're passionate about, about is just, like you said, you won't forget the conversation. I'll always remember, oh yeah, I had Imani on my show. Yeah. And, you know, I'll remember all about it. And so one of the things I want to get back to the book, because there's something in the book, it was such a, it, a if I remember, it was really short little section. And, (laughs) but for me, it was, I would tell anybody like, this is reason enough just to go get the book. Uh, It's, you have a a section called seven most common troubleshooting issues a business faces. And the reason I think people should get the book for this is because of the two things I want to ask you about, because they come up all the time in, in my field and in the fields of people who I'm coaching on their businesses. But as a therapist, I hear everybody struggle all the time. And, you know, and then we live in this world of social media. So the two things I want to, I want to get us talking about is, you know, if you can talk about what you have found when, when, when a business, when somebody has their business and they spend too much time watching their competition, and then what happens when a business underprices their services? Cause that is my personal pet peeve. I'm always trying to get people to like price themselves at what they really are valued at. Yeah. So first of all, okay, looking at the competition, this is probably one of the most difficult things that we as people, businesses, and personally too, just struggle with. Mm-hmm. It's so hard when you, you're you competing with someone on like whether or not you're going to get a certain gig or whether or not you're going to get a certain position. But what, what I found is most what is the best solution is that you really kind of have to have the abundance mindset and just think about like, there is plenty of work opportunities out here for all of us, Mm -hmm. you know, especially in the DJ world, like there are gigs all over the world. All different companies have opportunities to get music and gigs. So even if you're competing with one person for this specific gig with like Amazon, it's okay. If you get it, you get it. If they get it, 
they get it, but there's going to be other opportunities. But that's really difficult to think about when you have, I'm trying to think of the proper term, it's, it's the opposite of the abundance mindset. I can't, you know. Scarcity. Yeah, scarcity. Yes, when you think, thank you, thank you. When you think about scarcity, that's just not the way. You have to feel, you know, that there's mm-hmm. enough out here for all of us. Now, I grew up playing sports. And so mm-hmm. in sports, there generally is only one winner. So for me to adopt this mindset has been very difficult because I'm so used to there being only one winner. But mm-hmm. once you adopt the abundance mindset and then you have to remember that everything is not equal. I can't compare what I'm doing. Now, I've been in the DJ game for 13 years. Someone else has been around for 21 years. I can't compare my chapter seven to someone else's chapter 18. It's just not, it's just like apples to oranges. It just doesn't compare. And once you can get through that and understand that concept and really practice it, then you'll be able to have less stress be able to just kind of live in your zone of expertise, keep the blinders on, just keep moving forward. You know, and it's appreciated if people are doing well that you quote unquote compete with, appreciate it, keep it moving and just focus on you. And if you get better, you'll be fine. There be there are other people who are looking at you and thinking that you are, there could be with you. So that, and the next point you asked me about was. About underpricing this, their services. So and DJs are one of those things, right? Because especially if someone's looking out in the, in the world of DJing, and we'll say pre-pandemic, because I know that the DJ business got hurt dramatically, but looking out and going, oh, well, I need to, like, I need to be the best competitive price so that I can get the gig. And what happens when someone really undercuts themselves? Okay, so say, for example, normally, right now, if I'm going to do a four or five hour gig, you know, that might be a three, $4,000. Okay, that's probably mid price. You know, if I were to take the same gig for a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars $1,500, I would be at that gig, I would be so livid, because I'm like, I should be getting paid more than this, so I'm not giving my all. In addition, if I took it for a thousand or fifteen hundred, there's going to be someone who's going to quote five hundred or seven fifty. There's always someone that's going to quote cheaper than you. So what I've learned and it's very difficult. It is very difficult is that you just have to kind of stick to your rates. And, you know, I love to say, know your worth and then ask, add tax. I love that saying. <laughs> I like it. It's very difficult. But in the long run, if you could get one gig at your price instead of three or four lower, you're going to save yourself energy and time. It's just really hard. But you're not going to get ahead. You're going to continue to discount your prices. Then the clients that you're going to attract are of that price range that you're discounted to. And that's not what you want. So you want to try to build, increase your rates, move forward, and just keep growing. Because there's people out there that respect your rates. And they'll understand, I'm going to get what I'm paying for. And they're you know, they're not going to really haggle with you. Like, okay, your rate is 4000 for ours. That's good. Send me a contract. Let's go. Yes. And it's just really difficult, but it's so important. And a lot of people get caught in just chasing the gig or the job, discounting their rates. And it's just, it creates kind of a never ending cycle to the bottom. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who is scared? And this can happen in any business. I mean, it happens in in mine as well in the world of therapy people are are undercutting themselves and uh, so it happens everywhere i see it in hair salons and other businesses so so when someone is says well you know so i told them that i was going to charge $3000 for this gig and they said it was too much like how do you want them to handle that i know what i would tell them but <laughs> but what what do you tell them i would say can you maybe just try to do a little bit more qualification in the sales? Well, what's important to you for this gig? You know, do you, you know, what's important to you? What's your budget? Try to find their budget and then say, here is what I'm offering you. I'm offering you someone that's got so many years of experience. I've got all the proper insurance. I am going to, you know, you're going to get 
the extreme kind of customer service focus. And this is my rate. I normally, you know, charge such and such, but for you, I'm giving you this rate. I feel you're getting excellent value. And that's my rate, like kind of stand strong. Try to, try to, try to share the benefits of choosing you as you kind of bring them around, but don't lower the rate. Say, this is what I'm going to charge you to remind them. And then it's hard, but sometimes you have to let them go and say, okay, it's really hard though, especially now. And it's tough to get business, but I still think like, got to stick to your rates. It's so hard. Yes. And because the businesses that are going are still getting paid what they always charged as well. So, you know, I mean, you're going to go to a doctor and you're still going to pay what you would normally pay for that doctor visit. If you're going to have a wedding, you're going to have a DJ and you're still going to pay what you would normally pay for that DJ. So on that, right? Like, so for those listening, because I know the people that listen are, um, some of them do struggle with that idea of like, what's my worth? What's my value in what I'm trying to get off the ground. And I love that you, you know, held firm and it wasn't negotiate your price. It was let them know the value of what you're giving them. So right on. And (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And on the side of the struggling person who is maybe someone who knows what they want to do and but is somewhat stuck and they haven't quite gotten past, um, as you put it, the scarcity um, standpoint, and they just kind of see that the market is saturated or it doesn't seem like the right time or 10 million other reasons that get them stuck and they can't find the motivation to keep going. What would you tell them to do? How would you advise them? I would say it's really important to try to find a group of people who are going to be your advocates, kind of like, you know, people that are going to support you and encourage you. Because if you hear other people say, no, you are worth this or no, you can do this. It helps. Like you can tell yourself as often as possible. But if you hear a group of people that you meet with, that you've shared with your experience, your journals, kind of like a mini mastermind and they continue to support you. But they will also tell you the truth if you're way off. I think that helps. That's helped me like a group of people to get you unstuck. I think that reading books is a phenomenal way to get unstuck so you can see and hear and learn about other people's stories and learn how they got through the tough times so you don't have to experience it yourself. Certain podcasts you can listen to where people are being interviewed. I think there's a lot of content out here that can help you get unstuck. I do think the key is to be around people who are going to be like your, your tribe, your, your, allies, your advocates, your advisors, and they'll help you move forward because you can move forward together. It's very powerful. Yes. Excellent. And speaking of which, and that gets us to uh, towards the end here. So your book, because your book could help somebody get unstuck or find a bit more motivation, is called DJs Mean Business. And the subtitle is One Night Behind the Turntables Can Spin Your Company's Success. Can you tell the audience what you mean by that? Part of why I and I I shared with Amani before the interview that um, I definitely do read the books of the people who come on the show because I I would expect the same and 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 I was curious about that and wanted to know like because that intimidates the heck out of me I'll get up on stage I'll talk I grew up as a performing musician and I would be terrified to sit there and try and DJ in front of a crowd. Yeah, I don't know why yeah. it's one of the craziest <laughs> things. So, so what, what can a person, 
what do you mean by that? What what can a person take away? What would happen to what would happen to me if I get behind the in the DJ booth for a night? Okay, okay. Well, first of all, we'd have to come up with a DJ name for you. For now, we're going to call you DJ Colleen, unless you have one in mind. And we're going to say you start your set at 10 p.m. Uh-huh. And and so 10 p.m. when I start a set, I'm really just trying to feel out the room, see what the mood of the people is, what songs they're resonating with. But in business. When you first start a business, you're really trying to find out who your ideal client is, what their needs are, how you can meet that. But after you start a business, we get to 11 o'clock p.m., the chapter on troubleshooting. You know, something's always going to go wrong in your business, whether or not the product you're selling isn't working. You need to take a shift and maybe pivot to a different service. Just in the DJ booth, something goes wrong. A computer crashes, needle is dusty, speaker goes out. Something always goes wrong, but you can never let the music stop. And so that's the rule in business. Like you, you really can't quit your business. You have to shift and move and adjust to the times, but you can never stop. Then we fast forward to midnight prime time in a club, a party. You want to keep the dance floor packed as often as possible. Play hit after hit, keep people singing along, just Mm -hmm. like in business. You want to, if you're having peak time in business, you want to keep those sales levels going strong. Just keep having month after month of strong sales. How, what do you need to do to keep business going strong? Then we fast forward to, I believe, let's say 1.30. So 1.30, there comes a time point in businesses where you need to kind of not recreate your business, but you have to kind of add a different flavor or aspect. I find that the businesses that use nostalgia to kind of recreate themselves do really well. You have like Adidas shoes, yeah. Nintendo, also Old Spice is a really good example. They do yes. things and they kind of bring things to kind of just re- rebrand themselves. As for me, I love to keep people drawn into the DJ set by playing like slow jams that will spark up memories of when you were like in high school or college, where were you when you heard this song? Yeah. And that's that's how nostalgia will help people kind of stay on an emotional high. And then afterwards, it's done. Two o'clock, two p.m. The night is over. Uh, or business, you know, businesses maybe come to the end of a quarter. What's the feedback from your customers? What can you do to get better? What are you doing well? So when I leave the bar, or the club, you ask the bartenders what worked, how was it, you know, everything. Even there's a small part of the story where I used to drive for Uber, and so I would pick up people from uh-huh. the club that I was DJing and take them <laughs> home. And, you know, unbeknownst to them, I'd say, oh, what'd you think of the music? Did you like it? Would you change? Then once we finished talking, I say, you know, by the way, I was the DJ at the club tonight. I don't know if you recognize me. And they're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you were, you were. And so, but feedback, feedback is so important and how yeah. you get it. So that's kind of what I mean by behind the turntables, because there's lots of similarities between what we do as DJs to what business owners do as well. Yes. And I think that really was clarified it and (laughs) made me think maybe I could do that, but (laughs) but I'd still be terrified. What's your DJ name? That's what we need to know. What's the DJ name? (laughs) I'll be DJ CJ. (laughs) There you go. I love it. See, that's easy. We're off and running now. We're off and running now. (laughs) That's easy. And at one, at one 30, I'd break out the eighties, nineties freestyle, just like my, uh, a little like, Debbie Deb, a little expose, you know, yes. a little um, only in my dreams. Yes, we can do it. Hey, I love freestyle music. That's my time, you know, back, back then. Yes. When I hear music, Stevie B, yes. you know, Trenair. <laughs> yes, we could go. Like, I, I know music. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next podcast movement. There we go. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, I know when I'm going to see Imani next. I'll see him at the conference and there I'm going to be go. I'm going to be listening to his podcast in the meantime, and I hope you all do too. Now, uh, Amani, of course, I always link um, everybody's books that I have on the show. I link at 
the uh, Coaching Through Chaos podcast.com bookshelf. And uh, so your book is probably already on there, but where can people find you? Where do you have yeah. one main website or what? where would you like people to find you on the internet? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for linking my book, by the way. I appreciate that. Um, just amaniexperience.com. My name is A like Apple, M like Mary, A like Apple, N like Nancy, I experience, one word.com. That's my social handles at Amani Experience on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch as well. If you want to venture into a different platform, I'm very active on Twitch. It's just twitch.tv backslash Amani Experience. That's where I live stream DJ sets. We have a class on Mondays. We play a game called Survivor on Tuesdays. We do trivia game night on Fridays. So I'm on Twitch a lot because we're kind of going through shutdown. So we really can't go out to do events. So that kind of allows me to stay sharp, grow a new audience. It's just been, that has been one of the biggest things during quarantine that has changed kind of my perspective on DJing. So that's where I live online. Follow me, leave me a note. I'll definitely follow everyone back. And um, just thanks for all the support. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. And uh, uh, it'll be fun to check that out. And again, that when, I mean, you're leaving off on another great business tip too, is like learning to pivot and shift when, when an obstacle comes in the way. And there are so many people that write, no matter what business they're in, there are certain ones that just, you know, are just being forced to do things where they have to take time down. But there's a lot of us that have had the opportunity to keep going and, and you've got to be able to pivot and shift and figure out a way to keep things moving for yourself so that you can stay like in line with your passions and keep going and moving forward with what you've created. So I really appreciate you being with me on the show today. And I look forward to kind of checking out the Twitch and all sorts of other things. So I will link everything in the show notes for everyone. And want to thank you for being with me today on the show. Thank you very much for having me, Colleen. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Did you know that each time you enter Amazon to shop and you go in through my storefront at amazon.com slash shop slash Dr. Colleen Mullen, a small portion of everything you purchase for 24 hours goes to help support the cost of running this podcast. So go ahead, try it out. And while you're there, you'll also find some of my favorite self-care items along with the Coaching Through Chaos bookshelf where you'll find the books for every guest we've had along the way. Thanks so much for supporting the show. That was so much fun. I hope you're inspired. I don't think anyone really wants to hear my spinning capabilities, but it does remind me that it's always good to get out of my comfort zone every once in a while. I'm going to keep that with me as I head into this week. Maybe there's something you'll keep from this episode as well as you head into your world for the week. If there is, let me know. As always, you can find me on the socials at Dr. Colleen Mullen. Coming up, I've got a woman who will talk about what it's like to shift and change into a new career after feeling forced out of the one she had chosen. I've got an expert who will help you find happiness again as a couple after the baby's born. I've got a rags to riches story, a poignant lesson in grief, a parent story of having children with mental illness, and an inspiring story of success, and just so many more. I mean, I'm losing track, actually, of all the great people we have coming up on the show. I'm so excited for these upcoming episodes. I'm always so grateful for the opportunity to meet and talk to the experts that I have on the show. And of course, I'm grateful to you, the listener, for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to the show. Before I go, I want to say again thanks to my editor, Steve Cosio at Podcast Mansfield, for doing such a great job on my interview segments. 
Until next time, let's keep challenging the chaos around us. Take care.